0: Welcome to State of the Laundry Industry with Laundry Matt, episode 10 going from laundry operator to business owner. In addition, we're also going to be providing some top tips on how to hire in today's difficult hiring environment. This episode is part two of a series featuring Kent Wells of Happy Laundry. In the previous episode, we discussed tips on how to find top talent and retain the team members that you have. I always learn a lot le- talking to Kent, and I hope you enjoy the show. Without further ado, here's Kent Wells from Happy Laundry. You
1: know, I've gotten so much information over the years, not only from other laundry owners and folks I've met in the CLA and in the business, people I've talked to at clean shows and got to know. You know, the biggest thing for me, I think, is that I'm really personally trying to make a transition from an owner operator to an, a business owner. And that's, a, you know, I've been in this. I've been in this business for 15 years. I've been in other businesses before this, but I don't want to spend my whole life being an operator. That's not my that's not my job, and then, and honestly, that's not my skill set. The more I've thought about this, and this has been a huge personal growth thing for me, which is, all right, what do I need to do to just be the business owner? How do I support my team? How do I empower them to make the decisions with the customers? And honestly, I don't really talk to customers much anymore. That what's what we have folks to do, and you give them the power to resolve situations and, you know, drive it home and get me out of the, from being the sticking point too.
0: That is such a great point. You know, I remember, you know, I kind of grew up with entrepreneur, my parents were entrepreneurs and their parents were, Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid where one of my parents' friends said, how do you let your employees do this and this and this? And, you know, my dad, Mm -hmm. you know, he did, he's good at delegating and also empowering people to make their own decisions and instead of micromanaging so you'll see two different types of owners a lot of times you got the people who are saying Mm -hmm. do this it's called task management where do this do this do this and the other version is more i think your style where you're empowering your employers to you know make their own decisions Mm -hmm. and i think one of the keys to that is you have to allow them to make mistakes you know you have to be okay with that absolutely and then they learn from that you're allowed to look at the bigger picture because you're not, you know, micromanaging. And I, I think that's just a great philosophy. You
1: know, it's interesting. Interesting. You say that I was at a Dave Ramsey, uh, entree, it was either entree leadership or I can't remember which one, but into a couple of his things. And he was talking about his kids growing up and as they were maturing getting older and had more responsibilities, like giving them a little bit more rope. And I, I, kind of switched that in my head and said, you know, that's really for our leads and our management team. So it does take time and you're investing time and effort into people to kind of show them how you want things done. But you do as they as they mature as a leader, as they get more business experience, you want to give them a little bit more and more rope. And, and of course, if they, you know, betray your trust or or they show that they can't handle it, you got to pull that back in. But, but that thought of, giving people more responsibility as they earn it or demonstrate that they're they're good. And even, you know, how do they handle situations where they've made mistakes? Are they blaming other people or are they the type that goes, you know, I did this, could have done it better this way. Here's how we move on through it and don't hold it against themselves. So
0: That's terrific. Well, one final thing. There's all, I feel like Columbo, there's like one last thing before the door closes, (laughs) right? And that was the pay range. I forgot to uh, ask you about that before, which was- Yeah, 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 absolutely. This helped us significantly. It helped increase the volume of phone calls and interest in the job opportunities. So, if you could um, explain the idea behind that and how that works,
1: sure. So, on our um, we've started out with this with on our third shift ad. So, we've moved a lot of our residential washtray fold production to third shift. Uh, we're more of a two shift town. There, I didn't think that there was going to be a lot of third shift applicants. So, what we started to do was put the pay range or earn up to. Uh, Because we're paying our third shift folks a bonus uh, based upon production and what they potentially earn at that level, it is a part-time job, so they in three shifts a week, so they can. I mean, it's definitely a a a big thing to add, and it's usually after kids go to bed or right, you know, kind of in that time frame. So we did find when we started putting that what was possible in the title, we got a lot more applications that we could look through. So you know and applications than, is key to us because
0: yeah so rather than just putting down a fixed dollar amount and, hey this job pays that you've got a, a range in there so we do
1: and and we've tried both between a range and then like in our case uh 18 plus an hour up to you know so our kind of range for third shift is anywhere from i think it's 15 to 21 dollars an hour that they they can kind of top out in the 20s if they're a stellar production worker. So yeah, that that really got a lot more interest. And we explained that to you folks in the interview as well.
0: Oh, that's terrific. And you know, one thing I want to remind everybody about is is paying for production. You know, I'd rather have a you know, $20 an hour employee who's able to crank out a whole bunch of, you know, just is more productive than a $10 employee that, you know, it's like, well, I got a good deal on the hours, but what's the actual production per dollar? And uh, that's something to that always kind of keep in mind.
1: No worries. that is one thing I just wanted to add to you. you. know, we're we're a long way away from we're over ten years away from just having attendance. Mm. So we really have production workers now. Yeah. And so it's a completely different mindset. Um, we're not just looking for somebody to mind the store and do a couple orders. We're looking for them to, you know, again, they're cranking out a lot of laundry week after week after week. So
0: yeah. I've got to work on my, I've got to work on my vocabulary because words carry power and it changes your mindset. Exactly. I noticed you yep. use the term team member and I'm using the term attendant and, <laughs> and you know, the, and that yep. philosophy, you know, you change your language to reflect what you're thinking and then it changes the way you think. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the reasons you've got Absolutely. such a great team on, on your set, you know, and, and yep. you guys are just kicking butt. So yeah, thanks again <laughs> for joining us on the laundry podcast. Thanks a
1: much. Have All a right. great day.
0: I'd like to thank Kent Wells for sharing his knowledge and wisdom with us on the State of the Laundry Industry podcast. Another thing that could help with employee retention, because that's so important, because if you could retain your employees, you don't have to hire new employees, unless, of course, you're growing. But that being said, one of our keys to success with employer retention is our tips. So if you could pay them more, then that does help with retention. And one way of paying your employees more without costing you anything is by collecting tips. So you could see right here, about one-third of our customers do tip. And they do that, that through the curbside laundry's point of sale system for a wash and fold and also pickup and delivery. And on average, the out of all our customers who tip, they tip on average about 13.5%. So in the month of September, you can see right here. 591 customers tipped, and we received a total of $4,660 in tips. That came out of the customer's pocket, not ours. And as a result, we were able to pay our employees an extra dollar per hour for their for their help. So that really makes our pay that much more competitive. In addition, there are a lot of nuances with tips. There's one way you got to collect the tips in store for Wash & Fold, but something unique to our software is it collects tips for pickup and delivery customers, and also for reoccurring. Remember, your reoccurring pickup and delivery customers are your best customers. They spend between like about $1,700 to over $3,000 per year if they're every other week or weekly, respectively. So these guys spend thousands of dollars. They're your best customers, but how do they tip If they don't even have to log into the system, into the software, you just show up there every week to collect their laundry, we have it all figured out. We save their tip amount or their percentage, we get their opt-in, and it's easy and customers are doing it. And as a result of all our different ways of collecting tips, we're collecting a significant chunk of money that goes right to our employees and helps us with retention. So that's just one thing to consider if you're looking at pickup and delivery. Make sure to check out the curbside laundry software. And one thing I want to leave off with is in the previous episode, Kent Wells said, "We when it comes to searching for new employees, nothing is off the table. And something, and we took that to heart, and there's a place where we've found some really great employees in a place you wouldn't necessarily expect to. And that's with drug rehab centers or even uh, the halfway houses, people who their past is behind them. They're looking for a new opportunity and they're having they're getting rejections everywhere. They're just looking for a job, 9 to 5 where they could get their get back into society and get a job and and that's something that we could provide. And these people may have had really high quality jobs in the past and they just can't find that opportunity again. And so we're providing that stepping stone where they could get back into the fold and they could get back into into the society and they're just so thankful to have a job and some of them are so high of quality so will that work out long term are they were they off the wagon now they're on the wagon then they'll fall off the wagon i don't know but it has been working for us for some time Um, it may be a place where if you're really looking that could be a place where you could find some quality people who want to who need a second chance it could be a win-win for both of you